weeds, spores. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to the Immigration Hour here on America's Web Radio. This is your host, Rocky Rockliffe. Uh, the big man, he'll be down a little bit later. We'll see, we'll see if he actually makes it down today. I'm not. Uh, I'm going to go with the over-under at 9.30. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 928. We see him. You're going to take the over or you want to stick on the under, David? Uh, <laughs> he, was, he was just about to meet with somebody. So I, th- I think he'll be finished because he really wanted to get down today uh, to uh, definitely talk about a, a number of things uh, on the immigration front. And there is definitely news on that. But, David, when I came in today, we had the, had the brief off air. You know, you know what we got to talk about first thing. Oh, and, yeah. and I'll treat this on my show on Thursday on Undisputed uh, from uh, – uh, nine to ten on uh, on Thursday, but we got to talk about this bow kid, this Bergdahl cat. I mean, it, where it? I don't even know where to start on this. Uh, it's the first thing is I remember my wife on Sunday saying to me, "Hey, yeah, what's up with this Bergdahl guy?" And you know, I do not consume mainstream media very much, so I the name sounded familiar. I was thinking, I was like, "Isn't that the kid who like went off his?" His uh, his his post in in Afghanistan like oh eight or oh nine because I was still close enough then that I was monitoring all that stuff you know I had just gotten out of the military and then I, I looked it up and I was like yeah and they're trading this kid for for what people five. detained it five dudes detained at Guantanamo and whether or not I I got I'm not going to make this into a debate about the whole like whether we should or shouldn't trade stuff but people why are where why is it in doubt that this kid was an idiot. Went off his post and then went and lived amongst the, the Afghans. I mean, uh, Taliban, whatever you want to call it. Where in the administration, who thought this was a good idea? Hey, there's this kid. We could trade some prisoners for him. I mean, David, it's just, is it incompetence or is it legitimate? Just, uh, they knew exactly what they were doing. They want to put these cats back out on the on back oh, out yeah. in the world. I mean, I think I, that's it in a nutshell. And uh, to call this guy a POW, he was oh, never gosh. a POW. Never a POW. And, never a POW. Uh, you know, the thing that is just now beginning to come out, which we've got him now, and we yeah. should we should hang this on Ant- San Antonio or something like that. Now? Well, he was in Germany. I know he's maybe they've already, the weekend. Yeah, maybe they've already transferred him. But the thing is that. Uh, Five good soldiers were killed looking six. for him. Was it six? I think it was six. Dave. Okay, you know, and this this is just deplorable. And I, you know, here's my feeling, uh, whether you want it or not. Oh, I want it. Um, America wants it, David. I don't particularly. I don't respect. I don't care for an individual that will go and play with the Taliban or whatever or anybody else that's our enemy. But that's their personal business. Now, when you're in the military and you've taken an oath, brother, you ain't there by yourself. You got somebody watching your back, and you're supposed to be watching their back. Mm-hmm. And for this guy to decide, you know, he's nothing but a common sleazebag, traitor, deserter of the nth degree, and we should have let him rot in Afghanistan or Pakistan or wherever the hell they wherever he was. Hanging was. Out. Yeah. And I have there is nothing that could happen to the piece of scumbag <laughs> that would be too bad for him. Yeah. You know, he killed in fact as far as I'm concerned, by his actions yeah, but for- he is a murderer in that he killed he he was the cause of six other people being killed. Right. But for his actions, uh those six individuals would would have lived through that night at least. At they, least they could have been killed at some other point, but pr- likely not. And but you're right, absolutely. But for his actions, these uh, those individuals uh, that that were set off to look for him, uh, you know, would 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 still uh, would still be with us. You know, David, I was t- I was talking to you off air. You know, I was still uh, um, at this point. I've been out of the military for for long enough that I don't really have too many close friends that still remain. But at that point in time, I'd only been out of the military for about a year, and I had friends that were uh, that uh, you know were intimately associated with that. We're in Afghanistan. 
the time, and I mean, they'll tell you. They'll be the first ones to tell you. I mean, they spun up everything to look for this kid, and it was initially. Uh, and, and I'm surprised it didn't turn into a bigger controversy because there was a, initially it was kind of a cover-up. I mean, they had said that he was part of a patrol and lagged behind and was captured. And in reality, the kid just walked off he in the middle of the night. Post, there was a uh, there was uh, somebody uh, posted, I can't remember where it was posted, but apparently, and it hasn't been confirmed yet or anything, but I, I read through this kid's uh, Twitter timeline. So, some kid who claims to have been uh, in his team and for those of you that you know uh, understand the structure of the of the infantry in the army a, a team is your, your most basic uh, fire teams four guys okay so i mean he was he if he's part of claiming to be part of this kid's team he would know and i mean everything he was saying about how it happened and stuff uh you know, it is 100% believable to me because I've been in that situation on those little tiny outposts, you know, in, in, in uh, southeast Afghanistan with, you know, a platoon, maybe 40 guys and, you know, some Afghan right. national army You might guys. want to say team, squad, team, platoon. Yeah, team, squad, platoon. You know, I mean, that's that's what it is, 40 guys in a platoon, ten, you know, nine guys in a squad, and, and then you, know, you have a squad made up of two four-man fire teams and a squad leader. And, and you know, I, I remember in 2009 thinking of, you know, how that would happen. And, you know, being familiar with it, I, I was like, that's exactly how it Middle of the night. Guards slowed, you know, you're up for your guard shift, guard slows down, you know where the dead spots are for you to walk out the wire, and, and you can go. I mean, the the security posture for those places is designed to keep people out. It's not designed to keep people in. I mean, let's be, be realistic here. The kid left his weapon, he packed up all his stuff, all his non-military stuff, sent it home, and uh, all he had was his military stuff there, left his weapon, his night. Would you call it premeditated? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, it's, I mean, the kid left on his own. And all these facts, I mean, they just, for the last, I mean, I guess, you know, the people just go with the story. I mean, the story you got, he was a POW. They show the videos, and, and it's just this. And, and honestly, I hope one of the good things that come out comes out of this, uh, this situation is that the American people start to, because it, they start to recognize that just because you're wearing a uniform doesn't mean you're entitled to the benefit of the doubt about being a hero or whatever. Because this kid was, I mean, for people who aren't, I guess, I don't want to say in the know, but don't really understand how the military works or anything like that, they just see, oh, somebody in uniform, he's a POW because the government says he's a POW. And they automatically want to, you know, uh, you know, Say he's a hero. So I hope that you know we kind of take a step back from that as a populace. And and you know there's a happy medium. I'm not saying we go back to the you know the Vietnam era or anything. But people need to just just because you're wearing a uniform doesn't mean you're you know this the, a patron saint. You know I mean he, you can do stupid stuff as this kid did, and you know he caused a lot of uh, a lot of other people harm. Now totally separate issue of how the administration handles it uh, ha- handled it. I mean I you know like I said it's either uh, just complete incompetence to not understand that this kid wasn't a POW and you trade uh, uh, guys who were down at Gitmo for, for him or you have an agenda and you want to put these guys back out onto the battlefield there and, and you want to bring him home because you know you want to kind of thumb your nose at the at the uh, the, the defense establishment well uh, I, I, don't, I don't honestly I don't know which one is worse I you mean, know let me ask uh, how you feel about the constitutionality of it in that he went behind Congress's back. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to bring the constitutionality into it because I think that there's there's a lot of precedent for the executive branch to to negotiate prisoner releases. I mean, that's that. I mean, that goes back to. I mean, that was in World War II. Uh, yeah, but they've World had War, a law since then that that you have to go before Congress for what. And to notify them that with a give them thirty day notice, and then if they have a problem, they can can. Um, well, I'm, I mean, I, I guess I'm not familiar enough with that. I mean, I, I would think that, uh, I mean, given the way the executive branch uses the uh, the, uh, the the AUMF, the authorization yeah. for the use of military force from 2001, to justify all its actions, you know, I would I would I would think that they would use this to justify. I'm not aware of that, and I definitely will. I'll, I'll look at that. Um, and I, I mean, I don't. Uh, if that is the law. And it says that the executive branch must inform the legislative branch or at least select members of the legislative branch of actions with respect to uh, prisoner trades or whatever, then, yeah, then it's absolutely in violation of the law. Now, I don't necessarily know if I'm going to agree with that law, uh, 
simply because I, as, as a matter of policy, simply because I don't think that that's necessarily a legislative function. I think that's more of an executive function. But, I mean, David, come on. When was, when was the last time you the, the, this administration let the Constitution hamper its action? Because <laughs> you know they were sitting there. They're like, well, you know, we should do this. But dang it. You know, Valerie Jarrett brought it up in the meeting. She's like, well, sir, uh, the Constitution doesn't let us do it. So we're not going to be able to do that. I mean, she, that's what's happening. I, I don't know if you know that. <laughs> you know, the the other thing that, uh, you know, the Taliban were the ones that identified who they wanted. Yeah. It wasn't a matter of... No, these guys, these guys didn't, they didn't They didn't. just uh, put a prisoner number lottery down at Gitmo. No. They, they specifically asked for these cats. Yeah. So, you know, to me, that they're going to come back to kill Americans. And I think that's inevitable. I think that the actions of Obama are treasonous. I think they're... I think he's as big a traitor as as uh, the sergeant, and I think uh, it, it, we've Mr. got Erdogan. to start standing up. Yeah, we I have agree. to. This I this agree. is this is beyond the pale. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just I, I think, like I said, uh, what I th- hope comes out of this is that people stop uh, just eating. Welcome back to America's Web Radio's Immigration Hour. We're live now. We're live now. <laughs> the most listened to immigration show. Podcast in known universe. Known universe. Yep, uh, that's it. Good to be here. It's great yep. to be here today. We got a little late start. I had a uh, dentist appointment with the girls. He got uh, the gardening, the dog. I, I mean, it's the just, dog it's... in today. We're going out of town, so I had to bring the dog in and uh, kennel him. This will be the last time we got to kennel Well, next to last time we have to kennel the dog. And then uh, we'll have people live in, live in our house. Our kid will be living there, so... He can get take care of the dog. Why are you get, where, where, where are you going? Oh, you got Ayla this week. Got Ayla, this, uh, Ayla conference this, this week, week yeah. Is the, David, this is the annual conference of the American Liberal Immigration Lawyer Association. No, that's not the liberal. <laughs> <laughs> American. You, you, can, I was you reading, might be surprised. Um, uh, <laughs> some I of the cats reading, there. <laughs> I was reading some I – mean, I got to stop. Dude, I was reading some Breitbart thing last night. Uh, liberal immigration lawyers providing free legal services to illegal ch- kids. You know, how many times can you use the illegal in, yeah, in a no, sentence? Absolutely. Um, and the, and the, the subheadline was, all illegal children will get green cards. They don't? Well, this is what they're, you know, they, they were playing this up like this is a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know they're not. But, right. you know, they talked about the SIJ program, the Special Immigrant Juvenile right. Program. So if a kid comes in the country and does not have parents mm-hmm. and gets declared a ward of the state by whatever state it happens to be – they then become eligible if they're under 18 when that happens for special immigrant juveniles, which is a green card, which are limited in number every year. What are they limited to? 10,000. 10,000. Uh, as part of, uh, part of the EB-4 program. Yep. Uh, and uh, they you know, clearly don't use all of those. But uh, certainly not going to get 60,000 green cards, these kids. But they made it sound like, oh, and, and then some groups coming in providing free lawyers. Y- you do want the kids to have lawyers, don't you? They're in court. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would imagine you want kids to have lawyers. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe you believe that you no, know, if if you get sick and you can't afford a hospital, you just die. Maybe. No, Charles, yeah. I, I gotta. I I have to break in. I know. I was hoping. I was. I was prodding you, Dave. Oh. I was prodding you. <laughs> well, Did you know, I didn't know they made a Red Bull that big. Oh my! This big geez. and sugar free, folks. It's geez. like flavored water. Jeez, why don't you just get a get? Why don't you get a Judge Hauser? 120 ounce tub of Red Bull. That's a work. It's like it's, it's not Red Bull. It's a racetrack ticket. It's free refills. Cost you thirty dollars, but it's already David, David, David wanted to cut yeah, it. Yeah, so no, no, I you know you all stay in in your world, and obviously I stay in mine, and so, but I I get an overall perspective, and it's like. I listen to you all, and I, I believe you 100%. Charles, you and I have grown to be good friends over yep. the last five and a half years, and I, I trust you with, you know. On immigration. Uh, <laughs> with anything. And gardening. No, no and gardening. Yeah. No, but you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. And I watch some news, don't watch as much. I, I watch it when I'm working out and stuff. And, uh, you know, what you see on television, if it could be 180 degrees any different from what you all say, yeah, I'd have to script it. I, I agree. It's you know, really, it's and really it's remarkable, like, isn't it? It's yeah, really and and I, you know, like I've said many, many times, the uh, uh, public needs to be educated, but it's not just the public; it's the, our 
congressmen, our law enforcement people, our general public. I mean, you know, it's on and on. Now, I think we all agree that the situation in, in Arizona and the Ecuadorian. You know, it's mostly Texas, by the way. It's not really and, Arizona. Yeah, they're they're shipping them to Texas. Yeah. Okay. They're shipping them to Arizona. So they're actually coming into Texas, but they're shipping them to Arizona. But, you know, the point is there are a ton of them coming in, it seems. The situation on yep. the southern U.S. land. Well, yeah. I, I will. I, I, but I, it's just amazing. It so, how do you, well, why, I, you know, why don't you take out a suit against one of the commentators that uh, one of the <laughs> you know we have this really so amazing thing in America. It's called what is it called? The Constitution. Uh, and what you can that? say any stupid yeah. thing you want in America, yeah. so long as it doesn't hurt anybody, i.e., screaming fire in a crowded theater. So, right. if you, okay, I can you say have, Obama. You have absolutely yeah, <laughs> fire Obama, um, and uh, you can say fire Obama in a theater. You just can't say fire in a theater. Yeah. Uh, you can say anything you want, and you can twist numbers any way you want. That doesn't change the fact. Like for example, this is from the website toprightnews.com. dot com. I mean, that's a gem. Lawless, okay. Lawless, colon. So then we're going to get colon. Therefore, means there's something following it. Obama now funding attorneys to help illegal aliens avoid deportation. Where can we sign up for that? Uh, Toprightnews.com. No, uh, exactly. So Obama's going to. So so here's what he's going to do. This actually goes back a couple weeks. This is what he's going to do. Now they they actually have tied two things together. They tied the kids coming across the border Mm -hmm. with Obama's statement that he is going to allocate um, $2 million, $2 million to hire 100 lawyers to do pro bono work in the immigration courts. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to ask you a quick question. How many immigration lawyers are there in America? Oh, gosh. Do you know how many are ALA members at least? Uh, I'm going to... No idea. 13,000. 13, oh, 13,000. Okay. 13,000. That's, that's So 100. Yeah. Well, that's their members. Yeah, because there's a lot of them that aren't AL members. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> he announced his program. It's going to call the Justice AmeriCorps, a program to fund lawyers and paralegals. Mm-hmm. And so it's 100 of them. So that means 100 times – that's basically $30,000 a piece. Yeah. Right. $30,000. Right. By the time the fu- the overhead and everything for it's done, they're probably not getting paid. They're actually doing pro bono work. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So basically they're just setting up a program. Right. Uh, and do you think 100 lawyers are going to handle 47,000 kids? 100 extra lawyers here in Atlanta couldn't re- you could do the burden. Maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. you could do 2,000. Maybe. Right. And what's the backlog? 800,000? Well, that. Plus, you got the 47, you know, the 60,000 kids that are coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're just you talking know, about so the kids. Just, yeah, just yeah, for yeah. kids. Yeah, you're not even. So you couldn't even touch. So this idea that. Lawless. Now, what they don't explain, other than using the word lawless, is exactly how that's lawless. No, because you you don't have when you you own toprightnews.com and you're Bo Bergdahl, you you can pretty much say anything you want. What is the answer, though? Well, 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 that's a great question. That is really the question. How do you deal with this? I mean, what is causing it? Why? Why all of a sudden? Well, is they, Obama they, really going around shooting pamphlets over Honduras? Come to America illegally and make me look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure that's not happening. Um, first of all, you look at the cause. Well, you don't have to do the pamphlets. We already know he looks like <laughs> But they don't know. Oh. Uh, they don't know. They, they have to be told that. Um, they think he is. They, they don't know that. I think what you have to do is first look at the cause. What, what is causing these kids to come up? First, is there some ma- bad understanding among the people, mostly Honduras, but some El Salvador and some Guatemalans, mm-hmm. that if your kid gets here, they will somehow get a green card? That's absolutely one of the reasons. Yes, yeah, no doubt. Including, including the president of Honduras said mm-hmm. that this week. But he said, that's not the main reason. <laughs> that's a bad understanding, and we're trying to tell people that's not that, the case. And that may be the, impet- the immediate impetus for them to leave, but... If the situation was awesome in Honduras, Guatemala, nobody Salvador, would leave. Even if somebody said, "Hey, yeah, if you make if you pay ten grand and you make it to the to the uh, southern uh, cone of Texas, there you're going to be able to stay." Nobody would have the no, nobody would want to leave, even if they could come here and say, "What's the so purpose?" It's, it's the bad. It's the underlying situations that that is causing them. That's the root cause of people leaving. Now there may be that immediate impetus of now people pro- promulgating this bad information that oh yeah, if you make it, you're going to stay. Which I mean, obviously is is part of the problem. And and 
I mean, I, I don't know what you do about that because, I mean, at this point, it's past, like we talked about last week, it's past an immigration issue. It's now a humanitarian issue with the number of kids that are there that uh, are in these detention centers and then that are allowed out. I mean, it, it just. Well, here's the deal. So you've got the situation where there they, there is certainly this word on the ground. Think about this. Are these hyper educated people? Oh, no. Are, are the upper class of Honduras coming no. up here? No, these are very poor people with very poor education who believe all kinds of wild-ass stuff, mm-hmm. including probably something that's written on toprightnews.com. <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to put that in there. If they're but what is, what is the other right real news. impetus to come up? Oh, it's the economic violence, yeah, and, the and, poverty, right. the gangs mm-hmm. that we have exported we from have the United States there. down there, and the lack of effective government in those countries. Right. So is there anything we could do on any of those fronts, one, yes, the U.S. embassies in Honduras could buy commercials on television in Honduras and say, mm-hmm. do not send your kids. We are not. This is, I am the ambassador of the United States of Honduras. We are not giving your kids green cards. Mm-hmm. We are going to send them back here. Mm-hmm. Do not send them. You're putting their lives at risk. You're right. putting their lives in jeopardy. We could work with the government of Mexico and say, let's help you get that border more secure with, with Honduras. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, 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 with the countries that border, you're going to go to El Salvador and Guatemala. Let's make that border more secure, so it's harder to come up. Right. Three, let's help you, Honduras, deal with gangs. Let's get our police, not our special force. You don't need military people. No, no, no. We need our cops. We're going to ship down to you 50 L.A., New York, and Chicago and Miami police officers specializing in gangs, and they're going to train your dudes on how to deal with this. See, I, 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 I mean, I would. I would agree with that if if the if that culture if their government wasn't so in cahoots well, and that's the problem it's a, is that it's it's, it's run corruption right it's, the, it's the it's entirely corrupt it, down there it, and so if you it can't wasn't do anything benefiting the yeah. ruling class mm-hmm. they would not be right. allowing it right at a certain day yeah but so there's things we could do yeah oh there's things absolutely things we could and do and this is this is I guess this is back to the argument I had last week in front of Facebook which was. We can have immigration reform after we have a secure border. <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? Yeah. What is, and when I asked them, they're over, catching over, all these people. Again. Did you not know? Yeah, I mean, they're the catching them all. They're catching yes. them. They're, it's not that that's they're the coming in and just it, making up this number. They're actually catching these people at the border. Yeah. It's not. Hey, so we caught sixty thousand. There was a million coming in. You know. I mean, and there's kids coming across the border saying, reporting, finding immigration mm-hmm. guys. Right. Control, arrest me. I, I'm. I want asylum. Mm-hmm. But. The border is secure, which is why we're catching. If the border wasn't secure, we wouldn't know that we had a crisis. Right. We wouldn't know. No. Uh, so then the next thing, the next problem is this. So now they're in the United States. United States. Mm-hmm. And again, we have that really cool thing called the Constitution, which applies, at least in a limited extent, to anybody who is physically in the United States, even if they're an arriving alien. It's a limited protection. Uh, Supreme Court famously said, David, I think you'll like this, Due David process, loves the Supreme Court. As far as immigrants is concerned, <laughs> is whatever Congress says it is. Well, I think that they've pretty much established that, along with Attorney General Eric Holder, that due process is whatever they say, yeah, yeah. whatever whatever the executive branch that, says. That might it be is. true for everybody, yeah. but it's certainly true for everybody. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, at a certain point, you go here. You have a situation. They're all being NTA'd, David, which means they are given a notice to appear, which means they have to appear in immigration court at a certain time. But we don't have absent the FEMA camps. We don't have 47,000 beds to put kids right. without supervision. Uh, we have one client, a young man, who I believe was raped in one of these camps about a year ago, one of these places about a year ago. It's more it's common than you think. who was put in with a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's a, and, and that is way more common. And not to mention the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a young man. So you've got a situation where uh, they don't have the planning for this. Mm-hmm. They don't have the ability to deal with it. They don't Mostly, yep. when kids come in, they turn them over to HHS, yep. Health and Human Services, Office of Refugee Resettlement, and they're in charge of finding the parents, the nearest relative, to turn them over to here in the U.S. Them. Uh, a friend of mine in New York represents a lot of these kids and has been talking about the aileras and the, the freezers they're putting these mm-hmm. kids in for days and days on end, lack of medical treatment, lack of good food, lack of respect for these kids. Um, and as a, as a quick side note, they have no way to determine... Because some of these people, some of these kids coming in that are 15, 16 years old are – some of them, but small are hardened criminals. Oh, yeah. And yes. they have no way of determining which ones are absent which. Absent the tats. Well, absent the tats, but a lot of kids have tats that 
got them when they were young, and they they're they're trying to avoid the gang violence, and they're not bad people because now they're being asked but to do know, things. So as an officer, I'm going to take border patrol side here. Mm-hmm. If you come in here and you got tats, yeah, you're staying in custody. We're going to oh, no, find I, a way to keep you in custody. I I agree 100 percent with that. But that the problem is is that those kids with tats are getting or those kids who are criminals are getting stuck in the same. Open air cells with kids who are completely innocent and just coming here for economic reasons or safety reasons or whatever, and and that's what causes a lot of problems in these detention centers. I mean, that's that's part of it. But 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 we're not dealing with it properly. No, no, we're not. Absolutely not. And here's another big problem that I I really feel for. I I, I hate to say I'm afraid for the government. We have a we have a smuggling problem in the U.S. Not of (laughs) aliens, but of children and uh, the sexual trafficking. Mm-hmm. And ICE is very much in touch with this, and CD is very much in touch with this. So oh, yeah. they, uh, Atlanta is the largest one. This is the largest hub. I was yeah. talking. To the, I mean, I'm on a committee with one of the police officers in charge of this, and it's a massive problem. Yeah, we, we've right. had uh, several you people had them on. on. The area. Yeah. It's, it's a nightmare. It's just a nightmare. Atlanta is Atlanta is. There's two levels to it. There's wholesale and retail. Yeah. Atlanta is a wholesale, wholesale hub. Wholesale hub. Yep. Uh, and so you got a situation where HHS and ICE have to be careful what relatives. They're giving they're kids. Putting, now, here's my question: Do they really have the capacity to find forty-seven thousand families and do and do home visits with each of them? Nope. No. Yet they're releasing them. This is this is this is the vergüenza of this whole mm-hmm. thing. This is a shame. This whole thing is we're not really uh, taking this on uh, effectively, and you know it, it is a it, it is a. This is why I don't think Obama's out there doing it. This is a nightmare for him. There, there's no this good is, answer to no this. No good answer I, and, to this and, stuff. And, there, and there's no there's no quick answer. I All mean, right. there's uh, we got to take a quick break here and come back on the, on the immigration. Now we can talk about possible solutions. Great. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración. Conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley. Y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour. One more thing on this. This is another great article from Top Right News. Uh, Jason DeWitt. First, First stop of the day. Another great, and I, I, these headlines, these guys should write bills for Congress. Unbelievable! Colon. So something's going to be unbelievable oh, after this. Right, right. Definition. Illegal alien teens, Obama dumped in Arizona, that's true, uh, now whining their free food is not tasty enough. Really? Yes. This is – so okay, this has got to be good. This is journalism That's journalism. Its Who said – this is really <laughs> hilarious. Who said beggars can't be choosers? Okay. I think that was not Jesus. I mean um, – <laughs> So here <laughs> – that is, did somebody wrote a story about that? That's okay. hilarious. Tony Banegas, who is apparently the Honduran consul in Arizona, says the free food American taxpayers are giving these kids is illegals, is illegals, because that's actually now a, a noun. Illegals, right. Isn't tasty enough. You see, Barack Obama dumped nearly 1,000 Honduran teenagers who, legally, who illegally crossed. Now, he called them teenagers this time, not illegals. So. Right. And, of course, they're not all teenagers. Many of them no. are, are young children. The media tells us of these little children, poor little children, but the truth is the vast majority of these 48,000 coming minors are between the ages of 15 and 17. That's actually not true based on what we've been No, doing. I don't think it's true either. But Judicial Watch, another trusted source for news. Trusted uh, source. When, David, I have a question for you. When do you not become the mainstream media? I mean, wh- where's the line? When you don't have a big power. 
That's the definition of tower? Uh, I'm curious. Um, source says this. The facilities are, quote, out-of-control disaster with jam-packed holding centers, rampant diseases, and sexually, rampant. A- sexually active teenagers. So it's like a giant orgy. T- teenagers aren't sexually active outside of the detention centers, FYI. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guy. So here's the quote, though. This is from a DHS source. I'm, I'm imagining a pissed-off Border Patrol officer. Probably. The tens of thousands of Central American youth. Now, here's the interesting point. These are not Mexican kids. Nope. There's no Mexican kids coming up here. Isn't that interesting? Because we will send them back. Immediately. Quick, fast, and hurry. Let me ask, though. I I heard, I know the busing from Texas to Arizona. But plane flights, too. It wasn't just busing. But I also heard that Mexico was busing them up to the border. Well, I haven't heard that. Well, you know what? I, 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 I just – I'm asking. I, I let, me, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. It's a, kind of a philosophical thing yeah. here because – and I don't necessarily know how you stand about it on, on, on Mexicans. If, if we had this massive influx of youth, of, of this a demographically similar group for similar reasons coming from Mexico, we'd be turning them away at the border. Yes. Now, we could – I mean we can logistically, if we wanted to, just – I mean, you can start uh, lining up strategic air assets on the southern U.S. border and planing these kids back to Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador like we would with Mexicans. Yeah. What would you think about that solution? Because it's what we do with Mexicans. Well, it, it, we so, do with Mexicans because we catch them at the border. And we just put them back into Mexico. Right. So, But, what would but a lot with? of these kids have said the magic words. I but they've am been afraid but this to is the thing, go though, back. A lot of them, and and this, a lot of them have been coached to say the That's magic true. words as by, well. But right. Mexicans to say those words, they don't go back. Right. No, so, I'm saying so. Is it? I mean, coupled with some some sort of change in the administrative scheme for see, uh, credible fear, well, which they have changed. Yeah. But here's the problem: we have treaty obligations. Mm-hmm. So when somebody says, "I'm afraid," we right. cannot send them back mm-hmm. until we have complied with our treaty obligations, and then we can send them back. That either means a credible fear determination, mm-hmm. negative or positive. Mm-hmm. If it's positive, they stay in the U.S. waiting the hearing. If it's negative, they go. They have a hearing and they go back. Right. But here's so far you haven't heard about the food. So no, no, we got to hear about, about the food. food. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, we got to hear about the food. All right. So food. blah blah blah. The source says they're not little kids. Some have ties to gang members. Then don't let them out. Right. All right. But so far, okay, you're near the bottom of the article. But what's what's this? What's Where's the, the food, food stuff? Where's um, the food stuff? Okay. So these illegal alien teens, some with scabies. Apparently, they have scabies. Scabies. No, scabies. no scabies. Uh, you know, you're in the military. What does that mean? Scabies. Yeah, scabies just is it, when you put a large number of people who don't have the best hygiene in a small confined area. I mean, it's. For lack of a better word, it's kind of like fleas. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. So uh, that 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 oh, part is actually Obama wrote this article. Yeah. Other gangbangers, <laughs> gangbangers, gangbangers <laughs> are getting free room and board, free room, free room and board, right at the Marriott. Right. Food and free attorneys, courtesy of you. One would think they would be thrilled, right? Right. Yeah. Now, the council said this morning <laughs> they switched. They finally get to the food part. They switched to burritos. But they complained the eggs were cold, so they couldn't eat them. They complained they had a burrito, they had to, but had to throw it in the trash. That okay. burrito at the top of the article actually looked kind of tasty, too. Yeah, I don't think it was that burrito. I don't think it probably wasn't I'm that burrito. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I would eat that burrito and hey. on a lace doily. Yeah. I'm sure they're not being served on lace yeah. doilies. You know what, though? Uh, I mean, well. probably some of the food is crappy. But again, I'm sure it's they're terrible. Yeah, but you're, all they're doing at Top Right News I mean, just sensationalizing something and getting people, yeah. getting people who already side. don't like the situation, it's just reinforcing, reinforcing right. their views, yeah. and and that's what the problem is. We yeah. talk about it all the time. It's yeah, self selection bias. Instead, instead, exactly. Instead of dealing with the issue, on the let's demonize these kids. Mm-hmm. Many of whom are not fifteen to seventeen years old. No, I mean, I mean there's eight year olds, eight year olds, nine year olds, ten year olds, twelve year olds. I mean, there's stories of of. Five, six-year-olds just being oh, put yeah. on a train. And just gone. And who I mean, knows what happens like, to I didn't even look at whether Mexico is helping them come up. I don't think so. But I don't think I they're think doing by, anything by to stop it. By acquiescence, they are. By yeah. acquiescence. Uh, yeah. Because they realize they have neither the physical nor the monetary capacity mm-hmm. to deal with it on their side, which is why we need to deal with it there. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why we took the fight to the terrorists was we don't want them fighting here. We want them fighting there. Well, this is the same issue. So I think I think this is actually a perfect example of why the border is secure. Mm-hmm. Why it is secure, uh, and uh, we should move forward with immigration reform. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's not something Eric Cantor would agree with. Big Daddy Cantor, <laughs> man, he is criminal. 
And, you know, I'm glad he lost. And this is the thing. There's going to be so many people out there that are going to be – so many Republicans that are going to be scared to even – that's why nothing's getting done on, on immigration reform. You know, it's just you know, not – they're all scared that. now. And it has, he didn't get – the reason he was unseated isn't because of his elect position on immigration. Was he was unseated because he's a criminal. <laughs> okay, and the people in his district did not want a criminal representing them. But unfortunately, there's going to be people out there that say, "Oh man, got to be tough on immigration." Going to uh, get unseated, and that's just not the case. Really not the case. Why is he a criminal? Um, basically, because he's been enriching himself and his associates for the past twelve years with sweetheart contracts and no bid contracts through the Defense Department. I mean, just just Google it. I mean. Now, David, I have to it's, ask you, would you have voted for David Bratt or would you have voted for Eric Cantor if you had been in that district? Bratt. I would have voted for Bratt, too. If I put it on my Facebook page. If you live in this district, vote I for would have Bratt. voted for neither, but I would have voted for Bratt. Yeah. If I gun to my head, Bratt or Cantor, I would have voted for Bratt. Have, have you listened to any of the things he's had to say? Oh, very, yeah. Very good. And, and, and I think he's partially nuts, too. And, and, but, but this is the thing. I goes, think he's so much better than Cantor I because think he's honest. Well, he's you know where he stands. But Cantor came in like this with that whole group of people, what, 12, 15 yep, years yep. ago. And Brat, guess what, guy? 12, 15. The only reason I'm voting for I would vote for you, gun to my head, is because you're m- less of a criminal now. 15 years from now, we'll see how much of a criminal you are. Well, that's, that's, that maybe there are, which is <laughs> why there should be term limits. Right? Right. Ah, uh, man. I know. I, I go back and forth on term limits. Term limits is a voting totally, booth, but it's not yeah. anymore. It's not anymore. It's, it's, it's yeah. not anymore. It's not. No, I, I mean, I all of the longest-serving congressmen are in this century, in the second half of this century, yeah. and it's all because of money and politics. Yeah. End of story. Um, so you've got a situation where Cantor loses, but not on the immigration. He lost because he never went to his district. <laughs> he you never went. Well, a majority leader. A majority leader. You seen his district? Well, I wouldn't go there either. <laughs> Uh, I'm in middle of nowhere, a lot of these places. Uh, yeah. um, but uh, he lost because of that. Now, oddly enough, Bob Goodlett, who is also a Virginia congressman, mm-hmm. former immigration lawyer, lawyer. lawyer from 1993, <laughs> before the, the current immigration laws became in existence, um, as much about he came out yesterday and said, we are ready to do immigration reform in the next Congress. So that seals the deal. We're not going to have it this year because... It's the next Congress is going to handle it, and that's the chairman of the Immigration Security yeah, Committee. it's not happening. I mean, it's so, just not happening. Now, that means, of course, that Obama is going is literally forced. He's going to have to do something. So, David, let's take bets on this. <laughs> what is Obama going to do in all let, this? Let, let, for, let's get an over-under on over-under in terms of the date in which he announces some some drastic sweeping executive action. Uh, August 15th. You want the over or the oh, under? Oh, no. I, I, I want it under. It's before August 15th. You think so? It's going to okay. be, for right. me, right after Congress adjourns. Adjourns for the summer? Okay. I'd probably or take as, it. as they don't adjourn anymore because yeah. they're afraid Obama's going to do something. So. They're adjourned every day. They leave on vacation. <laughs> okay. I, I would take that under, too, probably. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's politically David, how about you? Time. Over or under? You're talking about this August? Yeah, this August this 15th. Obama will do it. No, you don't think you, so? don't, think he's gonna, you don't think Obama's going to do anything. No, you believe he's oh, lawless. Not, not not unless he catches it on the news that he was supposed to. I didn't know anything about it until I saw it in the. Just like you, I saw it on the news. I, aren't those his famous words? Yeah, I didn't know we were being attacked in Iraq until I saw it on the news. Oh man! Uh, Thank goodness we secured democracy for those guys. Oh, did you see John? Otherwise, Stewart otherwise I don't know what, what oh, we do. My, oh, my <laughs> what we, what we do was so funny about that. <laughs> The seed of democracy planted in the Fertile Crescent. Uh, it was absolutely, should, absolutely hilarious. I should read oh. the string of texts that I have back and forth with several of the guys that I spent time with in Iraq. I mean, wow. Really? I mean, yeah, it just, I mean, the sarcasm on there was, it was, it was just too it, much. It's absurd. Yeah, but, you know, back to, to the answer Obama. your question, no, I don't think Obama's going to do anything. I, I think really he don't. Really? Wow, David, I got to tell you, I'm surprised that you're making Why don't you think he'll do anything? I think, I think he's. Uh, he, he, you don't think it's big enough in the press are, right now for him to. to a take lot of things are going to backfire on him, which we're seeing right now, and uh, I think that uh, between now and the next few weeks, even more things that uh, it will backfire on him. And at this point, he's got nothing to lose. He's, he's got nothing to lose. I mean, he's only got. Uh, Legacy to worry about, and I don't think history. His legacy is Obamacare, <laughs> yeah. which oddly enough, apparently, is doing well. 
I, I, I haven't kept up at all. It's not in the news. Everybody seems to have forgotten about it. Oh, Canada did not lose that election over Obamacare. Canada lost because it's trouble. He did not lose it over Obamacare. So far, nobody's won any election or lost one over Obamacare. Right. Uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, A good friend of mine, by the way, Tammy Fox, she's mm -hmm. an immigration lawyer in Miami, uh, excellent immigration lawyer. Uh, She published an op-ed in the Miami Herald yesterday. Um, And uh, uh, she is leading a group that I'm a part of talking about what Obama could do. What oh, are that was my next question. Is what, 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 is, uh, what, he could what are the possibilities? And she actually, well, this is actually something we're going to try to get into the paper here. But, for example, immigration, the problem with immigration is not illegal immigration. Mm-hmm. Okay? The bigger problem is the legal immigration system. Right. And obviously Obama can change no law. I know you might think he can, David, but he is not the Pope yet. He can't change the statutory scheme. He yeah. can alter the administrative but whatever authority scheme, Congress it. has given him administratively. He can use to the hill. He can use however he darn well pleases, so long as it does not conflict with the Constitution or violate the law. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of things he could do if he were willing to do it. Now it it might it might go contrary to longstanding practice. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make but again, it he's wrong. Got, but again, the statutory scheme authorizes him to act with his discretion. Yeah, if they don't like it, in, in don't like it they need to change the statutory scheme. Yeah, exactly. Which means they have to have immigration reform, which they're right. not doing. So the first thing he Which we're do, advocating. <laughs> when somebody graduates from a college or university in the U.S., they are given one-year practical training. Uh, and uh, they are allowed to work for that year for whatever company in their field that they can work with. Mm-hmm. And many of them then want to change over to H-1B. And, of course, we talked on this show, David, about the lack of H-1Bs. There's only 65000 a year for bachelors, only 25000 20000 for masters. And we have hundreds of thousands of kids graduating. Right. We're losing talent. Mm-hmm. So the first thing he could do before we go on a break, he could extend practical training basically until somebody gets an H-1B. Right. Inde- essentially indefinitely. You know, I mean, he could, he'd have already done it to the STEM. Yep. They've already done it. They could mm-hmm. say, I'll attend it for three years. Just lower the standards. Right. three years. Exactly. And you could put in the same protections with the labor condition application due for an H-1B yep. to, do the eight, to do it beyond the 17 months. So there's a way to do this that makes sense. Let's take a break here, our final break, on the shortened version of the Immigration Hour, the most listened to immigration show in the known universe on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook. Abogado y jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Llámenos hoy si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, si ha sido arrestado, si se casó con un ciudadano o tiene una oferta de trabajo. Nosotros le podemos ayudar. También podemos explicar cómo, qué puedes hacer para recibir los beneficios de inmigración. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, 404-816-8611, o visítenos por el Internet al www.immigration.net. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national. Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour. Chuck Cook and Rocky Rockliffe. Uh, dentist was fun today, wasn't it? Always fun when your kid has to get a filling. Uh, the always... needle comes out. Ah! I didn't. Have, I didn't have to go back. This dentist is awesome. Really? He is. He he's got a. His office is humming. Kids aren't afraid to go back. And um, I think they use the nitrous on the kids, and then uh. they give them the needle. So I mean, there's a little bit of uh, numbness. And my daughter was. Uh, she's like, Daddy, is it going to be like when I broke my arm? No, sweetie, it's not going to be that great. You got ketamine then. Uh, <laughs> nitrous oxide is definitely not as controlled. But you'll have fun. <laughs> you'll have fun. You'll enjoy it. And I had a great time in the garden this morning. I was doing some more weeding and uh, brought David a scallop squash. Hold up that scallop squash for the camera. Oh, we're not even. We're not even on. Uh, we're not even on uh, you streaming today. Okay. okay. Well, never mind. Yeah, so well, a great scallop squash. Uh, it'll be delightful. And they're tasty. They're quite tasty. What, what do you? How do you cook them? Uh, I cook them with butter, salt, and pepper. 
Just slice, slice them really thin. Yep. Just like any squash. Just regular squash. And a little bit, a little bit of onion. Man, and then fresh squash boiled up there with the salt oh, and pepper. Oh, man. I had it for Sunday. Yeah. Ooh. So I, I use butter. I, I just you know, yeah. think everything better with butter. And once you eat the squash, you get some hard, hard bread to dip into. Oh. Uh, if I made my own bread, that's what I should have done. Yeah. Bread. So we were talking about what, what, could, what is Obama going to do? That, this is a no-brainer fix. This is what the business people want. Yeah. Now, here's the problem. If he gives this to the business people... They, they may back off H-1B expansion. They might. Uh, which takes a lot of pressure off Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, let me, let me comment really fast. That is a temporary solution to a, to a permanent problem that we right. have. Because all it's going to do is if, if we do that is three, four years down the road when these, this stuff starts expiring, whatever, we're just compounding our problem. So I'm da- I am definitely in favor of that fix right there. But we, it's still – it, it it's still it's still just more See, evidence no, of the overarching. But, but solution if you we say, need. let's say this OPT indefinitely, as long as you meet the yeah. criteria, uh, or say six years cap, and make it just like the H one B cap, mm-hmm. you start a green card, you can stay on the OPT. Right. Um, you probably wouldn't be as much. But of the a problem, problem is it's but, an F one, so you have dual antenna issues. Yeah, but that would free up H one B people from outside the U S to, to come, come in. in. Right, people that really want to get the best foreign talent over here. Mm-hmm. These people that were trained in the United States. Yeah. Uh, Two, grant work permission to spouses of H-1Bs, which they've already talked about doing but Mm -hmm. haven't done yet. Uh, Three, mandate favorable prosecutor discretion in certain deportation cases and cease deportation of spouses and children of U.S. citizens with no criminal records. Yes, and key word there is mandate because the use of prosecutorial discretion is very disparate across Across the board. Well, across the board. I mean here in Atlanta, very seldom. They'll use it. very seldomly. They will only use it on cases they think they will lose. <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. Correct. But in other offices uh, across the country, I mean, they'll basically say, hey, if you got, if you don't have any significant criminal history and it's just traffic violations and you've got a U.S. citizen spouse or child, boom, we're closing your case. Yeah. I mean, but here in Atlanta, no, that's just not the case. So, I okay. mean, that mandate is the key word there. Here's another important point. He can find, as an assistant of repeals, that TPS – People are eligible for permanent residence if they're the beneficiaries of approved petitions. Now, this is important because I lost this lawsuit in Georgia and the 11th Circuit. I lost the argument that TPS is a valid status. Is a valid That's status. an admission. And they didn't buy it. The Sixth Circuit the went Sixth the Circuit other way. The Sixth Circuit went the other this. way and said, you know. Yeah. So if that is that is what it should be because if right. you read TPS, it says if you have TPS, you're in status versus of, of Adjustment of status, change of status, et cetera. Right. So. But a lot of the TPS and people what don't they have sh- legal interest. Right. And what they should make TPS right. – it's like TPS is an admission. Is an admission and a status. Go ahead. Bam, and go for there. It's just like it, basically right. it's parole in place. Because listen, it's parole in place. Right. You're never. You're not getting rid of TPS. No. So let's do something. You're never going to deport. I mean, people have been on TPS uh, two hundred thousand on exactly. You're just not going to do it. Just and that's the problem. Legal. That's actually one of the problems, David. Why these kids are coming up. Many of them are the children of those mm-hmm. that have TPS. Right. Right. Um, so next, you can instruct immigration officials to be more have more discretion, favorable to get waivers for undocumented relatives of U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you can grant undocumented as parole in place. Uh, the, expanded for the, use, yeah, the expanded use of parole in place is Look, a huge I had a consult solution. yesterday with the family. Uh, three U.S. citizen daughters, 23, 21, and 19. Parents came in illegally 26 years ago. They've been here forever. Oldest daughter says, so if I join the military, I can get my parents' green cards. Since it's the only way your parents can get – you can get your parents' green cards. Noble, card. but that's not the reason why we want people joining the military. You know what? She's going to join the military. I'm sure she would. I she would had, too. Yeah. But that's – that. that is – I mean – we are That's incentivizing. Yeah, we're incentivizing but here's the problem. We but, but the military is also saying we will not take you if you have undocumented relatives. That's the other oh, thing well, the military is doing. We'll, the Army we'll, doing that right we'll now. We'll see if recruiters get around that. Yeah, one, they do. That's what I, I heard that they have. <laughs> the recruiters um, will get around. Now here's here's one that's really really important to get rid of the delays. He can he, he can't increase the number of green cards. Nope. But he can change how they are counted. Instead of counting every family member against the quota. Count the family just, unit against the quota. Right. Bam. You triple just the count, number of people that can immigrate the, yeah, legally. You just count the principal. Yeah. And then however many derivatives they have, I mean, it's not like you're going to have somebody. I mean, you can't just – well, I mean, I guess you can fraudulently. But it's not like you can just create a bunch of derivative beneficiaries. You know, I mean, you've got a wife and kids. I mean, count the family unit, the principal. And then you're going to free up a lot more visas. And you're going to – and those lines that are the 10, in the 20, theory 20-year the weights, in theory 20-year yeah. weights, but are realistically 100 year like 200-year yeah, yeah. weights, those will decrease significantly 
And because I love it when people talk about, well, they need to go to the back of the line. Some of these people have been waiting in line for 25 years. Yeah. What, what yeah. back of the line are you talking about? Well, you don't know anything about Why don't they just turn it over to Chicago politics? They know how to count votes, and they don't know how to count. So. Well, I, that's actually the solution that I'm, I'm advancing currently, David. Uh, I just don't think the rest of the country will buy off on it. But that's – I mean it, it gets me every time that I hear somebody talk about the line. Like you don't even understand what the line is and how it works. A lot of people are already in line. They just can't get a visa because the statutory scheme is ridiculous. It it's it's something they came up with what in 1996. Right. Like, oh, this is the greatest solution ever. And hey, how's it working out for you? It's not. Yeah. It's just not working out. So. What would overall, if there's one plug in the jug that you could uncork, would that be to put on? Hundreds of new uh, judges across the country. Oh, they—they they need. I would tell you, David, they oh, need man. at least. They could use a hundred judges tomorrow. Problem is, there aren't a hundred judges. There aren't a hundred men or women properly qualified. Yeah. No, I agree. To move into that role, nope. They'll have people want to do it. Yep. Because it's particularly for you know either government people or you know modestly unsuccessful immigration lawyers. It's a nice steady paycheck to end your career. Yeah. Um, you know, you get paid one hundred and seventeen. And if they were going to ramp up, and you work thirty-five hours a week, and yeah. uh, and if they were going to ramp it up, the majority of those people would just—I mean, the way government works, they would come from the, government. the office of chief counsel, yeah. the prosecutors, and it's better to just stay with what we have than allow. There's a lot. There's a lot of good prosecutors at, OC, at the office of chief counsel for ICE. I'm not saying there's not, but there's a lot of them that if they were given judgeships. I'd rather just see the system keep floundering. The nightmare the that it currently is. Yeah. The, the dog, what is it? The, the, the enemy you know, not the enemy you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that is one thing we'd have to do. But, you know, the thing is, you increase judges, you got to double the number of government lawyers. Yeah. You can't do one without the other. So mm-hmm. now you're adding, you know, 300 new employees to the mm-hmm. immigration, you know, and, D- and DHS. Even that, still dropping the bucket. Oh, still, yeah. Still I mean, if you're talking about. You know, 500, 600,000 cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you, of course, you got the 800,000 people that have deportation orders right. that they don't know whether they're here. They, say, they, they, don't, they don't know. They don't they know. know. They have no idea. You know, so you'd have to add, I don't know, a thousand officers, yeah. well, that's which why they I, don't have. That's why ICE loves it when we file a stay for somebody who has a removal order because we're basically doing their work from. Yeah, we're counting. Hey, for this them. person's here. This is what they're doing. Put them on an order of supervision. And they're like, oh, hey, yeah, just have them come on in, sign. Like, I mean, it just it makes a mockery. Of of the system because I mean a deport order is really I mean for somebody who's not detained. Yeah, let's it's not just, kid ourselves. People are being deported. All no, no, the time. absolutely, absolutely, they out. are. But it's it just I mean it's just the system. If it wasn't so, if it didn't have such tragic consequences, it would be comical because yeah. it's just there's no rhyme or reason to anything. It's basically just what, what can you get done? It, it, it's, it's like a blind man describing an elephant. You know, yep. you know they all hold different parts. They all describe it differently, and you know that's how the system's put together. So you're basically saying it can't be fixed? Oh no, it could be no, fixed. No, it could be fixed. It just requires. But how a lot much of are choices. we willing to spend? How much time are we willing to take? How much thought are we willing to put into the process? Well, no, let me say, I, I, how much? Th- I will say how, it's more how much thought you're willing to put in the process, and how much people are willing to get off their grandstands. Because cost-wise, first, first affirmative benefits. Are revenue neutral because people pay for those. It costs a minimum thousand seventy dollars to get a green card. I mean that's not chump change, okay? Right, I right. mean a family petition and and the the fee for the green card. I mean that's fifteen hundred bucks. I mean it's a thousand four hundred ninety. Don't don't inundate us with emails, but but that's a lot of money. So affirmative benefits are funding themselves. Defensively, you can just stop enforcing stuff and save money. So it's it's really not. A, it's just how much are you willing to come off your grandstanding and how much thought you want to put into fixing the system. Cost, I think, is an afterthought. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, so the system could be fixed if Rocky and I were in charge. Yes. Vote for us tomorrow. A week. A week, maybe. Yeah. A week. <laughs> just, you just some sweeping changes really fast. And, and you know what? You make the system self-executing. And people will come and participate. You know, the part of the problem, of course, is the bureaucracy is so entrenched mm-hmm. in the status quo. Yep. That they have no – they fight every change. Even change that's good, <laughs> right. they fight right. every single step of the way. USCIS Hence the fight of the prosecutor's discretion. Mm-hmm. This should be a no-brainer for them. No Clear brainer. off my desk, bam, make my yep. job easier. No. But what it's happens? Wrong. You get one person in a position of authority that has you know personal prejudice against certain things and the culture of an office can change yep. and nothing happens. Yep. That's the way it is. 
So at the end of the day, David, thank you for uh, hosting us this week. Uh, we'll be on next week uh, again on the Immigration Hour. We'll uh, do a full show next week. Full show. We won't be late. Full show. Thank you, David, for doing that. And uh, well, David's going to be moving his office uh, in a couple weeks, and we'll be broadcasting eventually from his new place. We'll let you know when we're on the new location. That's right. Until then, this is Chuck Cook and Rocky Ruckliff on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Take care. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.